Okay, I am so excited to share this episode. It is something that, so this is me recording after the episode and I'm already still on a high from it because in this episode with Kayla, you're going to be able to hear like parts of my own chart that I've never even shared or even knew how to contextualize them but also for a lot of people who have heard about the terminology of human design maybe even gotten a reading but weren't really sure how this applies with literal examples in business this is going to be the best episode for you she is someone who is such a light she so something about her as well is that she actually has had a decade-long PR career and in that career she had a lot of panic attacks anxiety and a lot of low worth but she was able to find something that really changed her life, which was not just affiliate marketing, but once she built this new business she has, which is KML Consulting, she really made a, and you'll hear in the episode as well, like she really made a commitment to that each decision for this business is aligned with her human design chart, which is amazing. And she's someone who's been able to grow rapidly where the first like 18 months of her business, she's been able to go over $500,000 in revenue. She's been trained more than 80 Condé Nast editors in affiliate marketing and trained over 30 PR agency owners and PR. She is someone who knows her stuff. And really in this episode, we're talking about for those who have been trying to figure out how to be more in alignment in their life and business in a way that uses the chart that creates a level of groundedness or practicality, you're in the right place. So I look forward to you guys listening to this. I'm even going to listen to it again. And I know that this is going to be a resource for so many people and probably the first and hopefully not the last time that you'll hear from Kayla. Okay. I cannot wait to dive into this. As you heard in the bio, I am excited to geek out even more about human design. But what's really cool about what Kayla does is that she offers a really more advanced lens. It's not just about the, as you guys have heard from previous guests, you know, you know, the the five types around generators, manifesting generators, you know, the profile lines, you know, the basics. But really what I want us to do is now take what we know, take the vocabulary and really contextualize it in the terms of business and how that really looks like. And I'm going to be the guinea pig for part of this. You guys can hear all things about my chart. I'm an open book. I told like I told her to go as deep as she wants to with me. You guys will hear. But I really want this to be something that can serve you to see where maybe some of this vocabulary gets lost in translation because it gets so high level. I really want us to ground it and say, for when you're trying to create a new offer, how can this really work for you? If you're doing marketing, what is like the avenues that feel aligned for you? So that way you can really start to see this work in your life rather than just on a piece of paper. So welcome to the show, Kayla. I'm so excited to have you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was the most classic one, three profile intro to this podcast ever of like the establisher of truth. I want to understand it all, throw it all at me. <laughs> It's so funny too, because like that is something we'll go in deeper as well. When it comes to being a one three, I swear it's like the biggest oxymoron I've ever seen of like being a researcher and also being an experimenter of like fail electron and error. So like I I really am just two sides of the coin in astrology. I'm a Gemini, so I feel like I have mm. literally that same uh, visualization as well for just the two sides, mm. which is so funny. Mm. But before we get into that, I do want to go into. I think with human design, everyone always starts at the beginning of the types and so forth. But I think what's mm -hmm. interesting is seeing how this can really be, I like the word contextualized, but really I'm trying to show like the tangible version of it. And especially for you, because obviously what you do with human design is very grounded when it comes to helping with PR, it comes to overall just like 
true alignment in your life and in your business. So I'm curious to see how did that really happen for you to find that link of human design when it comes to PR and business? Like how did that really, how did you were able to conceptualize it in your life and your business? Yeah. Okay. I'll kind of start with a bit of an intro of like, imagine me in my twenties, first 10 years of my PR career, working at various agencies, the feeling that I was absorbing was very low worth grind, long hours. We were, it was hard to prove results in PR because there was no trackable way to show an ROI to clients. So if budgets get tighter, they don't get funding. PR is cut first. So then fast forward to September of 2019, I'm three months into a new job, just moved to LA, getting out of um, a hard relationship um, in my previous city. And this new job, what I thought was my dream job was extreme anxiety and panic attacks, which was a theme throughout all of my other jobs. And I remember driving to a conference one day and I was listening to a Lacey Phillips to be magnetic podcast. And she was interviewing Jenna Zoe. And that was the first time I found about human, human design. And I could, I like pulled over and looked at my human design, or I could have been on like the inner, like the interstate (laughs) and like looked it up. Who knows? Um, and I had this like moment of like, oh shit, I'm a projector because you want to talk about oxymorons. A projector has to wait for the invitation. PR professionals pitch media. I thought I can't do PR, but it lit some, I also equally felt validated and seen of like, this is why I can't quote unquote, keep up with the rest of the world. This is why I'm getting sick by just working normal hours. And so the next day I up and quit my job at 8am with zero plans. I honestly, I I drained my 401k because I was in such a like panicked state, but within 24 hours of quitting that job, I got the invite for a freelance gig from a, um, an acquaintance that paid all of my bills. Like it was the amount that I needed for all of my bills. So that was probably the most pivotal time of like, oh, wow, you are really supported and, um, rewarded by honoring your energy and standing in your worth and making decisions based off of that, even if it doesn't make sense to anyone else. So then fast forward to um, December of 2020, I started KMO, which is an affiliate PR consulting business then. And I made the dedication that I was going to make every single um, business decision based off of my human design. I was gonna prioritize my energy, which means limit the amount of hours I work in a day, limit the amount of doing that I do. We're supposed to be guiding. And then we, we, we are the ones that oversee everything and provide counsel. We're the bird's eye view. Um, my very first hire was a generator, mm-hmm. my best friend. And generators and projectors together, it's a really beautiful mix because the generators are all about the simple joys in life. They love a to-do list. They're also energizer bunnies. They go, 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 go. Um, and so as they're like walking the streets of a city and goo goo guying over like the storefronts and all the things, the projectors are like the plane flying over the sky, the skyline, seeing everything. And so it's this beautiful kind of mixture and a year into my business, the first year of my business was just pure bliss and ease. I mean, there, there are hard times, hard decisions, but I looked back and like, wow, that was, that was a good first year. And it was, that's a byproduct of me making decisions based off of my human design. So then February of 2022, 
I became a certified reader along with um, my friend Hannah, who also works with me, and we launched that side of the business. Which I think I want to say too, and we'll go into especially like we talked about this before we got on the podcast around how it seems to be. So I'm a generator for those who don't remember from the last podcast, but it's something that I actually had a lot of resistance towards because I feel like there has been this uh, misconception that even I kind of adopted. So it's funny you talked about Jenna Zoe because one of my my first reading was with her like years ago. And I remember I was very lucky. It was like one of her last, like, like That's amazing. the funny part was honestly, that was because it was my first reading. And she is someone who I see as like, she's truly in the stars. She is very aspirational, high level that it, mm-hmm. it was actually really hard for me to understand what she gave me because I was like, she gave me a lot of the, what I could step into the person I can become what I'm really like, legacy wise and at that point I was probably the first year of my business and I was like I'm just trying to make money I don't know what to do and like you know yeah so it's funny looking back at that because when I was hearing about generators you always hear worker bees you always hear like these type of things around them and I had a lot of resistance because personally I burnt myself out in my last business. So I created, I grew uh, an ad agency to like multiple six figures, have the like office space, five, uh, like team of five, the whole shebang. And I realized I burnt out from that because I let what I thought a generator is, which is working, 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 serving others, really shoot me in the foot. And Mm. the more that I've been learning the last few months around what generators really are, like you said, is to follow their own joy. And for me, yes, a to-do list of, not even to-do list, but like, of two things on my day. If I'm like, I need to get a workout in and like, whatever, something else, I will feel accomplished after that. But really what surprised me was hearing more about generators in the way of like, that your worker bee is meant to be only working on things you actually enjoy. And for mm. some reason, my brain always heard worker bees were 70% of the population. We're not special. We're meant to be just doing the, like, be the, the worker, be the task manager. And I couldn't get myself to do that. Like when I tried to, even now, especially after I burn out, I was like, I, that sounds terrible. I love strategy. I love being like part of in the sky, but still able to ground it. So I'd love to hear for you too. Like, what are some of the misconceptions that you do hear from people who are trying to like understand themselves, especially as a projector, even as a generator and how they work together, but also maybe even how generators still have, like for me also how I think open the first three are open centers for me. Yeah. So I'm like real crown real and throat. Yeah, totally. Okay. The analogy. So I always say to explain the energy versus non-energy is generators are a cell phone plugged into a wall outlet mm-hmm. and projectors are a cell phone running on a battery. Mm-hmm. So once we're out, we're out. Now a generator using its energy, doing a task that doesn't bring them joy is like bringing a U.S. outlet over to Europe. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Energy is created through the joy. Mm. That's where generators become this energizer bunny. It's when it's rooted in joy. Energy is a byproduct of joy. And so the burnout, you only have so much to give if you're not following joy. And so the number one, and you exude so much energy too, like you can either be a joy spreader or a joy sucker, (laughs) (laughs) depending on, you know, they say like, it's, it's a generator's responsibility to make sure they're always in joy because your energy is just 
it, like it's so contagious and it's absorbed to the collective. It's a, it's healing for the collective. And I think with a generator, it's also like start your day and think through it's all these little, you know, it's yellow going back to the color yellow. It's childlike mm -hmm. children see the simple things in life. They get so excited for a lollipop. They get so excited to just like drive to their parents to work and like shadow them for, for a day. And so it's really pulling back and, and seeing where in my life do I just, is it that cup of coffee in the morning? Is it like enjoying a walk in the afternoon every single day and you have to prioritize that? And then removing should from your vocabulary. If you wake up and you're like, I really am craving that $13 latte. I, it makes no sense. I have $20 in my bank account, but I'm really craving it, but I should stay home and make a Keurig. Um, don't like go to that coffee shop because you might run in your joy is always leading you. If you follow your joy, that, that is your pathway to everything that you desire because you might meet your next client at that coffee shop. You know, you might make a new connection at that coffee shop. So it's really simplifying and not overthinking it and coming back to the everyday simple things that bring you joy. Which is something too that, so I know you talked about this a little bit around helping to like decondition a lot of even like our own societal beliefs mm -hmm. or like what we put on it. And that is something that I noticed for, for myself as well, where <laughs> it was funny because the last year, similar to you actually, I got out of a really like a long-term relationship last year, I think a five-year relationship. And that kind of rocked my world because it helped me to be the first time in five years that I've been fully alone and able to ask myself questions and not be guided by someone else. Mm -hmm. And what happened for me was I realized was the human design is really about you at your most authentic self, but a lot of that is drowned out from societal conditioning. So for me, like I didn't realize that until the last year I have I shut out a lot of, which is ironic, some emotional authority. Like I repress a lot of emotions and also inner child excitement because I thought I had to be a certain way. And I saw this uh, so much from the last year, I've gotten into literally blowing bubbles, literally getting like a skip bit to like play with the coloring, whatever it is. And because the, the, the nurture side of me versus my real nature was outweighing everything, it was harder to see myself in the like, human design way so I also want to give note for those people too who probably are like looking at their chart or wondering does this really feel like me really ask yourself if there are conditions that you have that are really holding that like societal conditions that you've accepted and as someone who does do trial and error I swung way to the left of like <laughs> I burnt out and then I was like my whole entire day has to be lighting me up every single thing I have to do has to be lighting me up or I'm not in alignment and I'm not able to be like you know yes, whatever queen. it is <laughs> <laughs> it was just like okay that's not sustainable as well so I love yeah. that you say that because the simple pleasures really do make a point of they really do make an impact and also things around this can be like you said they can be a, a spectrum and they can start with a simple side Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if anyone's questioning if they're living the way they're supposed to be living or if it's conditioning, look at your not self theme, look at your energy type and your not self theme. Like for me, when I was told when I had the awareness that bitter was my not self theme, ooh, I can embody the feeling of bitter. I know exactly when I'm bitter and that paired with my spleen, I'm spleenic authority is how I know something needs to change. 
Mm-hmm. I, I remember three months into my business there, um, I, my highest paying client made me so bitter. I had the splenic authority, like the splenic hit to fire them. And I did like, I have months and month contracts just to like protect me and honor yes. my splenic hits. It's funny too. Cause looking back, that was something that I noticed too, is that I used to do, and I still every once in a while for the right person, we'll do like a three month contract max because, and then go month to month, because there is something mm-hmm. about truly and this is just also being a human we go through different parts of our lives where we have to go through certain things or we realize that person on the call at the beginning was completely different than how they are as a client so i love that you say that because that is 100 percent true of having to look and for me like you said so for i know for generators and many gens it's frustration which is funny because anger is one of the easiest emotions for me to connect with because backstory i used to do muay thai kickboxing for five years so mm-hmm. being able to channel anger was very easy because I had something as an outlet to do that and sadness or like the deeper emotional spectrums that society doesn't allow us to show that well was always one of those things that I had to kind of like exhibit out of myself. So I love that you say that and I, I agree. And I'm curious too, because we're going to go down like the advanced side of this now, when it comes to when you're looking at charts and feel free to look at mine, but I'd love to know like, mm-hmm. what is your type of like favorite things to look at or particularly like geek out on when you're looking at charts that provide either the most insight or just the most like juice for you to talk about? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I love looking at the bottom right arrow, mm-hmm. which is manifestation, because I think if you're in the space of like, if you're just spiritual, there's so many things on manifesting. And the arrow determines if it's facing left, you're a specific manifester. Mm-hmm. If it's facing right, you're a non-specific manifester. And actually my wife, who's also a splenic projector, <laughs> she's a non-specific manifester and I'm a specific manifester. So how it's interesting how we manifest things together because the non-specific needs to lead with a feeling. If you lead with specifics, you are wasting time you need to lead with the feeling and then the specifics can follow. So if you're calling in a new client and you're non-specific, you want to feel inspired. You want to feel creative. You want to feel abundant. Like I don't want a client that like is barely able to pay, you know, the retainer every month. I want to feel seen. I want to feel worthy. Whereas you and I, we're both specific. It's I want a I want this fashion brand as a client and I want them to pay me this amount and I want to get them placed in these, on these websites. It's like the more specific, the better. And so I think that is one of my favorite things to kind of like bring up because that's so easy to just write. We're always desiring more. And this is a way to start dreaming in the right way. I agree. Um, And, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Anything to go deeper on. Okay. So I think what's funny, because you actually mentioned it when we first started, was Lacey Phillips of To Be Magnetic. She, like her program is perfect for a specific manifester because they usually start with the how to manifest, which is about literally writing out exactly what you want. And again, when I first went into this human design, obviously the first thing you look at is like, what will make me more money? (laughs) What will make me more things to do in life? Mm -hmm. And I noticed a specific manifester. So whenever I've been able to manifest the most has usually been because one, I've been able to get myself backed behind it, like not just emotions, but like belief, but two, like you said, there is specificity in there. And I do want to note as well, and I'm curious if you've seen this too, where sometimes when we're specific manifestors or like when, even for me, when I write down to a T exactly what I want, I become almost too attached to it then. 
Like mm-hmm. it is something yeah. that does become some curious, has that happened for you or how do you like lead your clients through it? 100%. I've, I have a really hard time because I, I sometimes loop in timing Yep. and whenever I've manifest something, I have it written down and I forget about it. Mm. Make intention release. Um, because we can't, we can't play God uni whenever, like we're, we can't determine when we're supposed to reach that. But I will say whether it's quick or long, it depends on if we're living in an alignment, you know what I mean? So if, if you start, if you, if you dedicate your daily life to like making decisions that are in alignment, even if you feel like you're taking a sharp left, it's going to put you on a fast track to like what you're really desiring, but to, uh, and also I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome and I, I find myself still to this day, like not dreaming big enough. Like I can't get myself to go bigger or bigger or bigger. Um, but really just writing it down, just, just write it down. I have like a, um, like a dream folder in my inbox and I'll just drop things that are future projects that I want to create. And then I just like brain dump it in there and I'll leave it there and I won't touch it again, or I won't fixate on it because if we're, if our, if we're fixating on it, then we have our logical brain attached to it. And that just starts creating narratives and fear and looping and conditioning. And it just invites bullshit that shouldn't be there. Sorry if I can't swear. No, you can swear. <laughs> and it's true because that's why I really believe in around the nurture piece, which I didn't realize how much played a factor into kind of not just limiting our life, but also in human design. Because again, it is that most authentic version of you that if something's not coming through, it's usually, a, it's something around your mind or your belief in yourself. And that mm-hmm. was something as well that I noticed was the timing piece. Timing is for lack of a better word, is a bitch. <laughs> like it is <laughs> something that we don't really, as, as for like the longest time, I think law of attraction or whatnot, it's always about, you know, what do you want? When do you want it? Why do you want it? Like doing the very, like going even more in depth, but that timeline really can shoot yourself in the foot because you are then fixated on, well, if I want $10,000 in the next 10 days because of ABC, all you're going to think about is every moment until the 10 days hits is that you don't have mm-hmm. it or you're afraid of hitting it, which is then putting you, putting you or anybody in that like fear or lack mindset. Yeah. And being a projector and having the strategy, if you wait for the invitation, I can't even go after it, you know? <laughs> well, no, I, I won't use can't it's, it's, we projectors are supported by mm-hmm. the wait for the invitation. Cause we don't have the energy to go after something. It, it's works for us to attract things. And so um, I think for a generator too, there is a level or an, you know, generator or manifesting generator or a manifester, they don't need anything. They just initiate. There's a level of knowing what you want and then responding and making action that goes toward that goal to try to have some sense of timing, but just to always be aware, like don't force a relationship if it's making you frustrated because you think it's going to get you, you know, to where you want to go in terms of your manifestation. Like if you feel like you're going down that road towards your manifestation, but all of a sudden this person is like, not it for you and doing all the wrong things, pull back boo. Like you will get there faster, like pulling back from that relationship. 
I really agree. And I think it's actually a great thing if we can also note too, because I noticed, so like I said, for director is the wait for invitation. And then for generators, and I think manage, manifest and generators too, is that like mm -hmm. wait to respond. So I'm curious, or to respond. So I'm curious because both of those, you're waiting on something externally to be the, the, the initiator. So I'd mm -hmm. love to talk about, oh no, Manny Jen, I think are the two initiate right or someone someone's an investor is an investor yeah i don't initiate. know enough of them so i forget i forget like two of the types it's okay times. no it's so it's it's different for a yes. manifester and or a, a manifesting generator and a generator the to respond is it's just a little bit looser like mm -hmm. for me if i'm putting out a program i need to literally wait for a person to ask about that program for me to be invited in. Think of like, I don't know if you, you have projector friends, if they give you advice without being asked for it, like oh, you yeah. literally have to say, what do you feel? What do you think about this situation? And then you are a receptive audience to receive that. Whereas a generator, it's a little bit more loose. You can respond to inspirations. You could see someone, let's say you have a, a program on sales funnels right mm -hmm. which do you I you might um I used to I've we'll talk about that later we'll talk about okay. that a little bit <laughs> <laughs> but in whereas I would have to have someone come in to come to me and ask me about funnel questions oh by the way I have this you could see that someone's struggling and they're publicly posting on their story that they're struggling with funnels or struggling with making revenue and you can respond to that and share the funnel. So you can respond versus being invited. It's so you have a little bit more, um, you're supported with the energy to be able to go after things if you're responding in the right way. Yeah, I hear it more as like projectors have to have a direct invite versus generators are indirect. Like you see it on a post or something like that. And I think yep. that makes sense. And this is where I'll shift this to this part around that I was curious about for, for offers because to give con uh, to give context for people as well, like I have done many an offer in the last five years. I've done one to ones, courses, you name it. Um, but I've noticed the ones that do the best are the ones that people either create for me, like we're in the DMs comment, like talking about something, and they say what it is, um, or it's like a amalgamation of something I started with, but someone else said like this, they'd want this better, whatnot. So mm -hmm. I'm curious to hear for you around the offer types, because like you said, especially for projectors, you physically have to wait for someone to say like, hey, can you talk about this topic? I'm in the space now where, you know, one-to-ones are a jam. I love one-to-ones. I'm still going to continue doing them, but I am moving to the space now where I do want to provide some type of knowledge base there. But I've, I've done like three or four courses or programs to where I know it's not worth my time to just build a program for, for shits and giggles, to be honest. And I'm wondering as a human design, is there a way for you to see, you know, what is the way to go about when you are kind of shifting from like the direct one-to-one -one energy to then knowledge-based creation for offers? Yeah, this is, I would, I would loop in definitely your, the feeling of how you feel in an offer. Mm. Like, do I feel successful? Do you feel satisfied? The body, the feeling, the internal feeling of doing it should be the director. But I, I'm coming back to my profile, which is a six-two. So I had I had my 30 years of experiencing the three lines, so I get it. <laughs> but the six-two is really being that person. The six-two's like sole purpose is 
to be the person that you wish you had, to be the, the guide, the supporter that I wish I had as a PR professional, to be the, the mother I wish I had to my younger sister, to be the, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that to me is what really guides the what and the who. And then in terms of my energy type, I just knowing like a program that requires a ton of responding, a ton of emails, a ton of questions, that's not in alignment for me. Um, I'm best utilized with like really potent, um, intentional moments in calls. And then I know I feel just really successful. Um, that's where you play with the money. Like money's big with projectors of feeling successful. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that I, I don't get bitter by how much energy a program is taking out of me and that I'm feeling very compensated, but also success comes into, I want to build something where people I see, I see people doing it and having success, you know, so that's a little bit more of like an energetic answer, but I think the profile can be, the profile can really serve as the substance. So you as a one, you are info heavy, info, mm -hmm. info heavy. You are a learner, but the three, you pull wisdom from your own experiences. So you share your wisdom, but you are info heavy. My sixth line, again, I pull from my own experiences from zero to 30, but I'm a two. So I intuitively download. I don't read anything. I'll never prep for anything. I just literally look at something and it downloads in me because I'm defined in the top four. Um, and define spleen and define root and then open heart, sacral, emotional. So uh, a way to kind of look at where your wisdom and strength lies is any centers that are white, that's where you gain the most wisdom from others. Mm. And then where the centers are colored in, that's your strength. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to chat further about this part around because I always forget with sixes. I don't have a lot of sixes in my in my life. So I remember they do kind of they they evolve into a six from being a three for the first part of their life. So I'm curious how does this play out? And I'm gonna be selfish for a second, people. So hopefully for my one threes out there, you're gonna love this. Um, balancing out those two sides of being a as you were a three, you know, you're taking from your own life, but also with the one, the researcher side. Have you had clients who are one three to to balance those two parts out? Because it does feel a little bit like lack of a word, lack of a word is like oxymoron where you're being very info heavy, but also very air, like threes remind me of my Gemini side where it's very airy. It's very just like, I'm here to experiment with life that those two, I don't see mesh well. And maybe that's just because I'm in it. So I'd love to hear your perspective on it. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm an Aries sun and a Libra moon. So talk about, <laughs> talk about balancing and like feeling like two different humans, right? right? Um, so the first line in the profile is how you see yourself. Mm. And the second line in the profile is how other people see you. So it, it's maybe framing it that way could, could help you um, conceptualize how they work together. So you internally, like you see yourself as a learner, as the explorer of facts and knowledge, and then others see, see, you know, view you most as a three of I'm seeing her do this and I'm learning from her experiences. And so I think it's, it's viewing the three as 
of like serving others and how they're viewing you, how you're showing up to them. Mm-hmm. And then supporting that and supporting them beyond your experiences through facts. Um, you know, your top right arrow faces left and that's how you take in information. And the left is anything left is active, anything right is passive. And so you really do look at the alphabet and you're like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A. You know, you <laughs> read a book probably from start to finish where my arrow faces right. So I look at an alphabet and I'm like, oh, Z kind of looks like C and M and P could go together and like C and S could vibe out. It's fragmented. Mm-hmm. So does that does that help at all in terms of how to look at the profile? I think it, it does. And it's kind of a, to some degree around like kind of whatever you decide to make it mean, I think as well in, in context, because yeah. it's funny. So we're going to go for a second to astrology because I Gemini, Sun, and then Sagittarius rising and Taurus moon. Me too. So like, really yeah Yeah. so I literally feel closer to my rising than my son like I do feel okay yeah this this came through okay so the first line the one is your sun sign Mm -hmm. the three is your rising interesting the three is the mass the three is how you're viewed and of course you feel and also the rising sign in astrology is really what you should focus on in terms of career like the Mm -hmm. role you play in your career so being an entrepreneur and kind of morphing your, your business and your everyday life. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that kind of gives you that more experimental, like adventurous energy. And it's, I think that's why, and I'll bring some more context for those who are also generators here as well, where I felt uh, conflicted is the, the best word I could say, not frustrated sometimes, but usually conflicted <laughs> around this piece of so with a generator, at least from what I've heard, uh, around this part of niching, like you're, for generators that they're always told, like you work on one thing and like your, your, your reason is to like master something, right? And I think that's where I kind of messed myself up for the first few years where I just double, triple, thousand down on, uh, you know, one offer or one niche that made me feel really trapped because I was like, mm-hmm. as a Sagittarius side of it, I was like, there's one month where I'm into bubbles. The next month I'm into ED, this is just for personal, but like EDM, uh, dubstep, dancing, whatever. So like mm-hmm. for me, I had that hard time of having a, a program, like a course or, or whatever it might be. And thinking that's going to be the one thing for me for months and years on end when I might change. And that's where I think the generator side kind of messed me up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only thing constant is change. Exactly. And so I think always follow your joy, but the second, the second you feel like it's sucking your energy out or making you frustrated, go to the next joy. Like your mastery doesn't have to be one, like in a box, your mastery could be pivoting and reconnecting with other people. Your mastery could be just simply inspiring humans and and supporting humans. It doesn't have to be social media marketing or, you know, or that like masculine, it could be more in like the feminine, but um, yeah, there's definitely, I've, I've had a lot of generators and, and I'm grateful that my, my coach is, is a generator and she always talks about kind of like the generator lull of when you like kind of lose that spark of joy or inspiration. And she always says to not make like big impulsive decisions when you're in the lull, like mm-hmm. you don't, you want to have, you want to have that re-sparked versus making a decision while you're in that lull state. 
so that you truly are always following the joy versus just changing just to change. It's not a joy led change. That's a really great distinction. And it's something where, so what I do want to go into is kind of like what you've chosen for yourself as well in the the terms of, of mastery or chosen, um, chosen pivots is I know for you, you have Hannah who does kind of like the beginner readings and then you have yourself who does my beginner, I mean like general readings of just like helping Mm -hmm. them to understand and you kind of go in like deeper. So I'm curious to see when people do read with you, what is the, like, what are the overall things that usually come to you for? Is it very varied on like, Hey, we're going to start with this or what do you usually find for people? Yeah, it's so funny. I have zero agenda and zero structure (laughs) and Hannah's a five one. So she very much has that like one energy structured. Um, she also has the energy to do chart readings. Mm -hmm. And for me, I love asking a lot of questions and I do attract a lot of projectors. Um, but also projectors, my, our, our magic is seeing people the way that they don't necessarily see themselves. So we're able to see how they're operating in their life or see their chart and maybe provide guidance that they, they couldn't see themselves. Um, but I would say a lot of it is, you know, I ask like what feels hard in your life where, what, and typically what they're told is wrong or, or not right. Um, or weird is actually their like biggest strength, mm-hmm. you know, being a splenic projector. Um, I also, my sun gate is 51. It's a gate of shock. Like I literally have to observe animals and see how they instinctually move and make decisions. And that's how I'm supposed to go about my day. And 99% of the time, someone's going to be utterly shocked by my decision. And that's just <laughs> what it is. But I, it's a lot of entrepreneurs. It's a lot of abundance. It's a lot of mindset. It's a lot of feeling burnt out and just validating how they feel and how they, they internally know that they need to operate, but they don't feel like they can because they don't see anyone or examples or their perspective is not expanded to see that it's possible. As you're talking to, it actually reminds me of kind of um, almost the five types being archetypes in some way, because what you just told me about projectors, they really are like the guide and mentor versus when I think of a generator um, or even many gens too, is like, they're the creator or the inspirer. Like they, they love to be able just to like put things out there for the sake of putting them out there. So it's funny because I feel like the more people go down the rabbit hole and I love that you have on your website, like the, the woo, woo universe. universe. Thank you. I was like, I really don't want to butcher it. Um, it's cool because it shows you that there is like, there's so many tools and modalities that we have that can be interlaced. We talked about it already with like the manifestation side, the astrology side, that I think it's really amazing that um, what you're doing here and also you do on your reading as well as help out with, you know, tarot and Reiki as well that you add into it because there isn't just one way. There isn't just one thing, even though human design provides a ton of knowledge, you also have to have that like context behind their backstory of their own conditioning of their, also Mm -hmm. their energy, how they're showing up. So I love that you also provide that in a way that it's not just like a standard one-off here's the fact here's like being a one here's the facts here's what you get and then like leave you really make it holistic Mm -hmm. the biggest shifts it's it's hard to take your human design quote-unquote just knowledge and then to like live it yeah it's really hard like I know just from a six two for an example that's your personality that's how you show up that's how people view you I get the most engagement when I speak from a position of telling my own story, Mm -hmm. sharing my own experience versus 
a one might literally give a definition and all like the background details or like, you know, it's like more info heavy that has no personal connection to the deliverer. Um, and so it's little things like that, just like reminding, it, it just gives you a framework on how to live every day. And that's what, what I love that you do. And I think you actually put this on your Instagram from yesterday around what we talked about earlier when trying to understand what is out of alignment starts with your not self theme. And that just shows you how, um, for lack of a better word, like how practical that you, you really try and bring this down for people because there can be, it, if you just give the facts, that's what I was kind of given the first few times where I was like, I kind of get it, but I don't see how to put it in the practice. And then you're mm -hmm. left, it's like people who do like the word vomit. And then you're left with like, what do I do with this? You have to have the practicality, the way that you can add into your life or else it's fun to learn about yourself, but you want to be able to apply those things too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you want to kind of get a sense or a vibe yeah. off of that? Cause like, feel free. <laughs> okay. Well, let's start with like, um, what are you like currently working on or what's top of mind? What feels tough? What feels hard? Like, where are you stuck? Like what comes first? And then with what you share to me, I look at your chart to see if there's anything that I can help inform or provide ease. Totally. So where I'm at right now, when it comes to what feels hard is it, right now for my, for my business, I have one-to-one -one clients. I've loved them. And I've been pivoting out of kind of more of the service provider role to being more of this like mentor partner guide of wanting to help people. So for me as an emotional authority, which is funny now, because I love what I love to do is help people to, that's why I like the online presence podcast is to be able to show up in a way in their content, in their life, in their business that creates an emotional effect to people. It creates a resonance mm -hmm. there that then we can use and find those contents, find those pieces that we can then put in and spiritual wise as a channel as well. I add in the intuitive side. So for me, what's felt hard is one conditioning side, allowing myself to believe that I can do that. But two, from a, like a human design is finding the like the right offer or even marketing to begin talk, talking about this because it does feel very heady. My one part of me is like, what are you doing? This is so outside of like ads or funnels or whatever that mm -hmm. I've had a hard time being able to even understand how I want to put this into an offer or into marketing. How do you want the person to feel at the end? Or what's the feeling that you're trying to help them accomplish? The feeling that I've gotten from my clients that I really love is two things either one they say that they feel really safe with me and feel really understood and two mm. that they feel for the first time in months motivated and inspired by their funnel or offer again which I know is very generator it's very like the energy there um, and the way I like to explain it I put it on my Instagram bio a couple of days ago is like lit up looks so good on you because for me it's mm -hmm. like being able to help someone feel like excited and joyful about their life then provides me that same like it provides me excitement because I love like one of my favorite things to see people passionate. I was on a date a couple months ago. I think I was talking about like bird watching and I was like, feel free to talk about it because I see how passionate you are and it makes me excited to hear about it. Yeah. Okay. When you said safe, you have an open spleen, which is like where like anxiety and fear lies, but in a positive way. Um, so anxiety is like the fear of the future but you can tap into the positive <clears throat> frequency of this plane of protection or knowing the next move, knowing where to go. So whenever I follow my spleen, I'm protecting my future self. So if you think of your client, you're able to, that's where your wisdom is. Your wisdom lies in like future planning or projections or 
easing the, the anxiety and the fears that they have and really rooting into like the confidence. Um, having an undefined crown, ajna, and throat. So the crown is like the inspiration, the big thinking. The, um, the ajna is like logical thinking, right? It's like the actual steps and then the throat's communicating. So that being open, it's really important for you to have like live calls or connections because you're able to then absorb how what they're thinking and speaking and you're you're able to like communicate with them in a way that is them like you understand what they're thinking or their ideas and and how they show up and communicate online that makes so much sense and it's something too that you mentioned around the future planning it's funny because one of the things that I love and I'm having to make as a mandatory thing for any client that I have now is the first start has to be the first call has to be a visioning session because I need to be able to get behind your vision and be able to like see are you even excited by it do I see your eyes light up do I see how you're excited because I'm a strategist at heart I do provide a lot of like strategy on where we go for it but I can't do that if you're not emotionally connected to your own vision so I love the talk mm-hmm. of future planning because it does feel very congruent and something that I was again feels very airy fairy that I was like, I don't know if I can provide this, but people literally need it or else we're going to build a business like I did, which was not really fully alignment with what you wanted. So I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. You also have a defined heart, which is like self-worth. So you, they probably, they like, I, they do, they absorb your energy of worthiness. So I have an open heart. So I'm able to I, I ta- I'm able to tap into seeing other people's worth so clearly more so than myself. But if I'm around someone with a defined heart, it is like this potent, like stable worthiness. Like nothing's more healing and stabilizing than worthiness, right? That's like how we're born. Um, and then something came through with like you feeling airy and free. Your left top and left bottom arrows, the top is schedule the bottom is an environment. So they're both facing right. So that's passive. So you need to flow through life. And that is why the three feels really prominent because you're not supposed to have a fixed schedule. So I would say whatever programs you're doing or just your structure of your business and life, like create spaciousness, especially having an undefined route, create a lot of space versus stacking up six calls that you have to do every single day. And then in terms of environment, structure something that allows you to move around, go to different places, travel, work from the couch, work from, you know, a coffee shop and just provide that free. I think freedom is really big for you. Freedom and space. I would very much agree. <laughs> freedom has been something that, I mean, and that's why too, the longer that I've been in business, freedom, I feel like is everyone's first response when we, you know, when we create businesses. But for me, it's like literally a it is in my DNA to need the freedom, to need the expansiveness or else I feel trapped or, or like resentful, I, I frustrated mm-hmm. almost, you know, because I'm just like, you're taking away, not in a rude way, but like my, how I perceive it is like, you're taking away my freedom by having five calls. Now I can't go for the yoga class anymore or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Also, I'll say one more thing, your split definition and I'm a triple split, um, which means that if you look at your chart, you're not connected all the way. Think of like a circuit. So a, be- a good, if you're feeling uninspired or like the d- ideas aren't just coming or you're having a hard time to like communicate something, just go outside and go to a coffee shop. You'll absorb the energy of other people and it will help 
help you tap in to all of your strengths um, and, and connect the dots. I, I'm a triple split. And when I feel like I am all over the place, I go to a coffee shop and I'm like, I I'm so efficient. <laughs> this makes a lot of sense. I mean, I always come to the logical side of like, I'm going outside of my normal routine of being, you know, in, in your house to go out. But it, I, that is something that was the last question that I wanted us to dive into. Cause I think it is curious for people to hear around the marketing side of this and how it connects to human design. Because for me, I was told as a generator, like the way I should market or create content is by doing commentary of like, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I recommend. Or like, here's what I'm doing. And I felt like that felt very general that I was curious mm. to hear for you when you are kind of helping people to, because a lot of what you do with the human design is the PR and marketing. How do you really help them to uncover or start to uncover their like unique content blueprint, or like how they feel like they should show up online too? Mm, that's such a good question. Okay. Well, I call it a, a sacral snack with generators. And by the way, you have a defined sacral, so you can still tap into your sacral for really small decisions gotcha. and it's emotional for large. So like if, if you're like, do I want to go here or there, like play with your sacral there. But when the sacral is lit up, like I like no influencers that are a sacral authority because they'll promote something that they truly, truly love. And I'm like, I need to have that, you know? So it's like first looking at their chart and being like, when are you so magnetic? It's your, when your sacral is lit up. So talk about what lights you up. If what you're talking about if the topic is not something that lights you up, it's going to fall flat regardless of the strategy. Um, and then this was a really interesting thing, you know, as a projector and selling and being yeah. seen, being seen is really important. I can't get invitations if I'm not able to be found, sure. but my coach put it in a really interesting way of how we, it's not just about us. We interact with the consumers, with our audience. So creating content that allows a generator to respond, creating content that invites the projectors of the world, creating content. So it's, it's a varying types of content in terms of engagement and in terms of like how you're inviting them or having them respond, but it needs to be rooted in like joy you know, whereas mine's very much rooted in like my wisdom and my experience and, and, and serving the community that used to be me that I'm healing. So there's, it, it's not a black or white answer. I'm sorry, but like, those are kind of different areas that I look at it. And then of course, looping back in the profile of how do you show up or speak in terms of a personality standpoint. So I love that distinction you gave that creating content, especially for for each type as well, like to really help to have them respond. Cause like we, we all are different. You see this even as the marketing side of me, we'll put on my marketing hat for a second of, you know, there's different visual learners, there's kinesthetic learners, same thing with customers, there's different type of how you buy. So it makes sense that same thing with your content that you would also need to customize it to people as well, because like, we're not all the same person. It'd be a very boring world if we were. So mm -hmm. I love that you said that. And to start off for people to hear this, like just beginning to ask yourself, like, have you really been excited by your own marketing for all us generators, manifesting generators, but even for projectors, I love that for you. It really is sharing, you know, how you went through things and being that guide and mentor that allows people to initiate for you by just hearing what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I, I would also say like the level of response, it's quality 
root in, in worthiness, you have to be it first. Like you have to trust. And I think if you're choosing from the body feeling, when you're choosing from the heart, it's, it's a no brainer. If you're choosing from the brain (laughs) and, and cop like doing something, cause you feel like you should do it because it did it, it worked for someone else. Well, that person could have been a manifester mm-hmm. and you're a projector, like just cause they did it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. The, I always say the, the, what and the, why you can be aware of, of like, what does your audience need and why, but the, how you do it needs to be an internal journey and decision. That is so good. And I'm going to use that as probably a quote that we're going to have for like one of the <laughs> podcast promos. But it just it's, came to me. <laughs> no, I love that. And it helps to give, again, I think what I love about your flavor of human design is that it really does add in like the context of business. A lot of people have talked about with human design, but you really add this layer of like examples and context that I feel like I haven't even heard. Like I love the analogy of the phone battery, but even more so is how this can physically look. And I feel like people like me and those who are around who, who need that, those examples, who need those Um, the context, the way that you can actually see us in the world, you provide such an amazing ability to give us that uh, confirmation. Well, also for those who haven't seen your Instagram, it is so aesthetically pleasing. You have to go check it out. So I do want to give a huge shout out to where people can find you next on online and also where they can work with you, because I know after this, they're going to be like, I need every single thing from her. So let us know where you're at. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, on Instagram, the human design page is camo.hd and from there you can find me and all the things I do and then um, my website's camoworld.org and again very easy to just um, to you know take a left if you're in the world of affiliate PR or take a right if you're in human design um, and you're looking for the universe I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah but seriously her her website I have to say is like it is so easy to navigate as well. I went down a rabbit hole because I wanted to, but I think it's something where anyone who just wants to le- learn more, she has Spotify playlists like for each aura, for even each color. Like it, you guys need to go check it out. And for those who <laughs> want to work with you deeper, I know at this point you might still have some spots open for Personify. I'd love for you to chat more about that. Yeah, so Personify is a masterclass mastermind hybrid. So I love close containers. Um, I'm limit- limiting it to five attendees. And um, there's four spaces left. It starts in August. And really, it, the goal is to really master your energy, your strategy, and your authority through embodiment. So it's, it's six weeks long, seven calls. One call, it starts, for an example, start with energy. Um, the masterclass comes into like, you can be a beginner. What does your energy type mean? But then we go into, okay, where are areas in your life that we can start applying your energy, your energy type? Where are changes that need to be made? Um, And then again, with authority and strategy, it's how are you attracting and how are you making decisions? And then we'll close out by developing standards based off of that. Like if you have really clear standards, it's really easy to say no to what doesn't fit within those standards and not fill up your brain with like, well, should I, and have like lack or other type of voices come in. It's like, nope, they don't fit within my standards. It creates so much clean and space and clarity in your brain. Yeah. You're really helping people to not just understand their like energetic blueprint, but really how to show up and then continue to stick with it and through every part of their business and life. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I, I love the hearing and they're not going to feel so alone with, yeah. you know, I five attendees just felt really good. It's intimate, but it's enough to have varying experiences. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of intimacy just because you really can go not only deaf, but also still have that, like you said, that community to where they can bolster each other up and feel that sense of uh, connection with other people who are going through similar things. Cause nowadays too, we all need to be able to feel like we, we aren't alone <laughs> out there, especially totally. online. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to share all the links down below because really for those who have listened all the way through to this, I know that this is something that you are truly connected to and want to go in deeper and really recommend you do as well. So please go check her out on all the platforms and do check out Personify. It is a really amazing experience and it's going to be able to start very, very soon from when this episode is, is airing. So thank you again, Kayla, for coming on. This was absolutely fantastic and I'm so honored to have you on today. Well, thank you for having me. I loved it. Like an hour just flew by. It really did. <laughs> so everyone check her out. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode and see you later. Bye guys.